Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, I Totally Relate. I'm Rissy. And I'm Shelves. And we hope you guys can totally relate. And you want to know what, and this is the, this is the most interesting part of all of it. Because like even listening to Shelby talk about how she's trying to fit a mold. And in my mind, I'm like, Shelby, you're the mold. Like you're the one people are trying to look like. This long, like wavy, perfect (laughs) hair, this beautiful, like feminine face, this tiny little waist with this like gorgeous booty. Like you're the mold. I can't believe Mm. that you feel like you don't fit it because in my mind, I'm like, everyone probably wants to be more like Shelby. And so like, that's the whole thing. Like we all have each other fooled. And so, like... Yeah, like, so, like, keeping it a secret isn't, like, benefiting anybody. It's hurting all of us because we don't talk about it. And when we do talk about it, we we kind of say detrimental things to each other as women, you know? We put so much stock in the way we look. And And it's kind of bogus, to be honest. And so... Yeah, we just want to, when we sat down, we had our conversation, I was talking about like the kind of world that I want for my daughter, Evelyn. Like, I don't want her for one second ever to feel like anything about her isn't worthy or good enough. Because I think, well, because that's how I feel like with Cam, you know? Yeah. And she, and she was kind of even talking about that with Haley, like thinking about like, oh my gosh, my niece, who is like a a brown skinned, like young girl, like what kind of images or what kind of messages is she going to get about her body? And we, the whole point isn't to like, oh pity on us like life is so hard because everyone talk like it's not yeah. it's about like we just want to like talk about what we've gone through so that we can take the power into our own hands and then make the future different and better for everybody else yeah exactly or for the next yeah for the, yeah. yeah like I here take this you, and like run with yeah, it next i always generation. say you you never know what um anyone is going through you you don't know their story so how would you like how would you describe your relationship with your body I don't think it's, it's taken me a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've, ex- I've learned to accept it. Am I happy with it? No. But then again, do I do anything about it? No. So when do you, like, do you remember like the first time feeling like you, I don't know, like compared yourself or saw someone or, or like got a message that you were like, oh, that's not like my body. Do you remember? No, I, I would just say always. I'm, growing up, I was always a bigger person. But at that time, bigger meaning like size 14, which, I mean, that's what I am now. So it's like, yeah, I'm happy. But back then growing up, no. It, you know, it wasn't. I was always bigger than all my friends, so to say. And I stayed that, got married, and then I got bigger and bigger. I was 300 pounds. And I decided I wanted to have weight loss surgery. And I've researched it. I did a lot of it. Actually, my husband's mom had weight loss surgery. Mm. Oh, She had complications, and she looked really sick. And I remember saying, no, I would never do that. Because she would throw up. Yeah. And then I um, just read a lot about it and researched a lot. And I made the commitment and did it. And I'm very happy that I did. How old were you? 30-something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 32. Yeah. So you yeah. had already like had like two pregnancies. You're a mom. Like you're well into like. And then at that point, yeah, pictures. I There was no pictures. I Pictures of me did not exist. It yeah. was awful. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Pictures of the kids. No. It was awful. 
Yeah. It was awful. That's definitely, yeah, I did not like myself. Yeah. And it is. Leading up to your, like prior to your surgery, you had a really hard time even just being in your body. Oh, yeah. We did a lot of camping. We did a lot of laking. Mm -hmm. And being a size 26 in a bathing suit, it's not barely, you know. It's even normal. You know, if you see a bigger person, you just like, oh. But you think, wow. But it's, yeah, food is, it's an addiction and it's it's gross. So you felt ostracized and just not safe maybe in your own body. And that's kind of like what started leading you to start to, because your mother-in-law had had this weight loss surgery and you were like, I'm not going to do that. And then later in your journey, you did. What was that switch? Like what started? I would say researching more of it and talking to people that have had it done mm-hmm. and um, more, well, that was, I mean, the internet. Yeah. And then of course, just talking more to more people yeah. and just making the decision was, was like, this, this will help me. And, yeah. and so I made that journey and I am very happy that I did. Yeah. Very happy that I did. I know it's, um, you know, like what led you to there? How did you get there? It just, it, it happens. Yeah. Which is kind of sad to say, but it happens. Were Was it something that you just put on yourself? Like that you just, you just didn't like yourself? Or did you feel like there was like an external something that was applying that pressure of like just not oh, no. liking yourself? No, it was just, just me. And you know, Gerald, my husband, he never said anything to me. Yeah. He, he never was, oh, you, you know, you're fat, you're disgusting, you're this, you're that. It was never, Yeah. it was how I felt. Yeah, it was like that internal voice oh, yeah. that was like, yeah. I don't like you. Yeah. Were there other areas in your life where like that was kind of like spilling out onto where, or do you, I mean, do you, did you like your personality or you liked your skills or was it just kind of like, I don't like anything or like. I, yeah, I think it just defined you. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. defined you. Like, this is me. And I think that's just how it is. It's, you know, and that's kind of how I feel in today. It's like people either like me or you don't. And that's how I feel. I'm like, fine. You don't like me? Fine. You don't don't need to be in my little circle. Yeah. And that's fine. I always say I have a square, just like four friends, and that's fine. I I don't – and I think when you get – as you get older, you get – you mature, and you realize it's not about how many (laughs) friends or people you know. It's like who's in your little group. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who counts? That's that's really, I think, what's important. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you, do you remember, like, I mean, is this when you're younger and you're a teenager? Or was it more like, oh, after you were married and you started having kids? And, like, when did you start noticing, like, negative self-talk or, like, that dislike of yourself? Oh, I would say, well, definitely after being, you know, married. And that's where I gained my weight. Yeah, definitely at that point. Did did you ever, like, get into, like, the getting the magazines and flipping through magazines and comparing yourself? I mean, I, I know we didn't have, like, Facebook and Instagram then. Right. Was it, like, did when you saw women on TV or did you have, like, a friend? Or, like, was there a – or was it just, like, anything all day? I don't, I don't day? think so. It was just, yeah. I mean, you – when you're a larger person and you get dressed, it's not like – I don't know. It's not like your vision of a of a, I guess a normal size person. 
it's just you look in the mirror and you're like, okay, I'm, you're just this person. You're just this it, basically. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you felt so detached from, like, femininity. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. Was there, like, a breaking point where you're like, it's this or that? Like, I'm choosing this surgery to save myself or to bring myself back to my roots. Did you just feel that you needed that? Or? I feel I needed it because I've, you know, of course, done the Weight Watchers, the Jenny Craig, done all those things. You lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, but you get bored. You get off of it, and you gain it back. And, yeah, just it was time. And that could help me. Yeah, and it has. So you felt like that yo-yo dieting, like you experienced that. like Oh, yeah. And so it was time. And I think that's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Was it like mm-hmm. a weight was lifted off of your shoulders? Well, just once you started seeing, you know, the weight come off, I had a hard time getting rid of clothes, which was weird. I held on to them still for a long time, even though I could never fit into them again, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even after this time, so what, it's been about 18 years and about 30 pounds. Um, like, I've gained 30 pounds in that time. Yeah. So that that's tough, but I've still learned to just, this is me. Take us back to that day. The Did you, was it, like, early in the morning or was it, like, later in the middle of the day? Like, when you woke up that morning, like, what are you, what are you feeling? Are you scared? The morning like, of my surgery? Yeah. Very scared. Um, my two close friends and my husband went with me. The story is actually kind of interesting because you have to fast for two days. Yeah. So by that, oh, wow. st- you're starving. Yeah. You are starving. Yeah. I had it done at UCLA. I was supposed to have it at like 7 in the morning. 7 becomes to 9 a.m. 9 a.m. becomes to 12 a.m. Oh, you're 12. starving. Yeah. They're having backup in the surgery room. So by this time, I'm just going crazy. Two o'clock rolls around. Five o'clock. No. By this time, I said, take this out of me. And I waited six months to have the surgery, mind you. And everyone's like, Randy, no, you can't do this. You waited so long. No. And and everyone knows me. I said, I'll rip these out because I had IVs. I said, I'll rip these out if you don't take them out. I, I'm I'm done. And so my friends would go out there like, She's, she will really take those out yeah. if you don't do it. So they came in and did it. We actually went to, on our way home, because no one ate. They were waiting for me to go in. We stopped at an Olive Garden. It's funny how I remember this. We stopped at an Olive Garden. The waitress was amazing. It was like she was quitting after this. She gave us, like, all this food. She could tell that we were just, like, starving. I called the next day, and they got me in the week after. Mind you, I had to do all the two-day fasting again. But I got, like, the presidential suite. I got all this treatment, and I'm like, I don't need this, but I did get in a week later. Yeah. But again, mentally preparing yourself for that because you're knocked out, and I was cut open from, you know, in the stomach. Yeah. I didn't have it laparoscopically. Whoa. So, yeah. So they they cut your body open. Mm Mm-hmm. They they take your stomach, and it's like the size of a golf ball, and they take part of your intestine out. So, and then after that, so it's like a baby, you, you don't start off with food. It's like, um, doing like juices or smoothies, not even so much that it's, they want to stay away from sugars Mm because they call it dumping. Oh yeah. So you want to stay away from sugar. It's basically broth 
and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember about two weeks out after surgery, I went to the mall with my girlfriend and they had like orange chicken. And I said, I just want to try that. She goes, no, you don't. I took a piece on the way home. I was sweating and I was like miserable. And what was happening? Just because of that. Just your body because you're eating solid food and it's not ready for it. Like I said, it's just like a baby. You have to start out really slow. Yeah. So so what was recovery like then? What did that look like for you? I don't even remember. Do I even remember? <laughs> did you block that out like, I yeah. don't even remember that? It's just, yeah. I mean, basically, it's, it was a, like four weeks probably. But the eating-wise, yeah. I mean, you weren't sitting down eating food. You weren't eating like a whole plate of food or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I lost my weight slowly, which... I think was good because some people lose it so fast. They look really sickly and things like that. Oh. But I lost it like a, probably like 15, 20 pounds a month, I think. So, yeah. And then once it started coming off, of course, you feel better and you just, everything. I think that changes your whole attitude, which is sad to say, but that's just how it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, in our culture, we do. We put a lot of stock in appearance and looks and I mean especially as women mm-hmm. yeah. like that's you know amen to that yeah. yeah yeah so you've mentioned a couple times like <clears throat> addiction to food or like how I mean were you just like comfort eating what was that like when all of a sudden you couldn't eat normal food and you're recovering from surgery like did you have like a I mean well it's different difficult? seeing like it's sad because I don't even I don't even remember that. And I had little kids because Cameron was two and Cody was eight, eight at the time. So you still had to be a mom and cook and and things like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you can't eat. You can't eat all the food. (laughs) And the hardest thing, even I do remember this, like going to restaurants with your friends and stuff. I will only eat like maybe two bites and I'm done. Yeah. And... So I would never either order a meal or I'd order something and then I'd be like, oh, can you cancel that? Because I don't even want it. I don't yeah. want it now. Yeah. But, and you, so you have to train your, you know, your brain to do that. I mean, even now going out, be like, oh yeah, I want this. And then I'll get it. I'll take two bites. I'm done. It's like either doesn't taste good or yeah. I just, yeah. So has your relationship with food changed completely since when you were younger to now? I would say it, it helps. Yeah, you, well, even now I still can't eat a lot of food. And certain foods, like if say if I eat pizza today, pizza tomorrow may not agree with me. And agreeing with me, maybe it kind of upsets my stomach. There has been a few times that I have thrown up, yeah. but it's not very often, like compared to most people. Yeah. So, Meaning that's a side effect mm-hmm, of the surgery. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They call it a dumping syndrome. Yeah, yeah, it's like your body is, like, rejecting it. So you, you – two of your good friends went with you, mm-hmm. and you said that you would, like, talk to other people prior to going in and having the surgery. Um, what was that like afterward? Like, how did it feel when people were complimenting you or talking about your body? Like, were you comfortable with it? Did it make you feel good, or was it, like, weird? Weird, because I am a person that I don't take compliments or things. I'm, you know, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I worked in a place where you could only see me from like the top up mm-hmm. and I'm built like a pear. So I always, even then I was big, I, st- I still was big, but I don't know when everyone, 
didn't, I guess, either realize they could, they could start seeing certain things. When they can see me from the bottom part, they're like, wow, like you really look good. You know, you, you've mm-hmm. really lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And I lost, yeah, a hundred and ten pounds. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's what everyone says. Weight loss is not the answer. But when you're as big like that and if you don't have the willpower like I didn't, yes, it is the answer. Yeah. Mm. If, if it helps you. Yeah. If you're willing to go through all that. Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like a cure-all like, oh, yeah. go have this surgery. And no. And that's what a lot of people think. When, when was the first time you remember like looking in the mirror and being like, oh, hey, I like, I like this or I feel good or like. Well, with weight loss surgery comes saggy skin. So I don't think you really, yeah, you look and you're like, okay, yeah, I feel better. Um, but I always had all the stomach. So I did have tummy duck. And I don't know how long after, maybe five years. And they removed five pounds off of my stomach. I used to always wear like sucker upper underwear. Uh huh. Because mm-hmm. I had like a big spare tire. And that was a very self conscious thing. Yeah. So it, even after the surgery, it still took a while before you were like. Oh, definitely. But before you were like looking at your body and just like, cool, I like my body now, were there like parts of your personality or parts of like who you really are that you were able to like okay, I can, I can like this now. I can embrace this now because some of that negative self-talk was starting to dissipate. Were there parts of you that you were like, oh, hey, there you are? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I ever go that deep. I, it, of course, it's always around summertime when there's shorts and bathing suits and that kind of stuff. Because, you know, in the winter, you can cover mm-hmm. it up. When summer comes around, it's always like, you know, it's in the back of your head. But I just, you know, you go with it. This is me and this is who I am and... You, you have to embrace it. You have to come to a time where you do have to embrace it. Yeah. And, and it's not so much that you, well, for me, I don't, I'm not going to say, that, okay, I love myself, but this is me. Yeah. Me. What would it take for you to say that you loved yourself? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because I have everything. My my family's, ha- my family's healthy. My kids are healthy. Everything's good. It, you know, I think it's just, it's a mental thing. It's always in the back of your head. Do you feel that something is missing? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think I'm pretty content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I love you. Thank you. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I love you and, like, absolutely look up to you and think about, like, in my mind, I'm like, come on, like, say all these things, like, say all these good things about yourself. Like, all the things that, like, I'm thinking in my head, like, yeah, like, you are extremely handy. Like, you are, like, extremely creative. Go get her. Thank you. Oh, yeah, you're very determined. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, you have so many things that are, like, who you are, who I think you are, like, outside of your body, but just, like, who you are. And like I'm just, like, confident. Oh, yeah. Mm. I guess looks are very deceiving because I don't feel that confident. And I try to be creative, you know, moving here out of my own business and – Wanting to get that business going here, but don't want to work for someone else is so it, it's really hard. So I, yeah, I call it hustle work. <laughs> so anything I try to do to not to have to go get a real job <laughs> and still bringing in income, and still bringing in income. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel like your self image has port- portrayed in like your work life? Do you feel having more confidence and more comfort in being you have you noticed that 
because if I remember correctly, you didn't always do your own business. You didn't always no. work. Like you had a job, yeah. you know, a nine to five where you were working for somebody else. Did you notice the like a correlation between your ability to trust yourself in being an entrepreneur? No, I mean, I, I enjoy working. Well, I mean, when it's something that you love to do. And I know yeah. that's really hard because not everybody. And and that's where Gerald and I, my husband, are having this issue right now. Well, I go to work every day. I don't love my job. Well, yeah, I get that. But I'm at the age now where I want I want to go to work and do something I want to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Because not going or going to work and not something that you don't enjoy, you hate it. Mm-hmm. You hate everything about it. And I just had this conversation with Cody when we were with him like a month ago. He goes, it's important to do something that you enjoy because it's going to make your time and everything go better. Yeah. Not not feel Yeah, I agree with that, um, with that sentiment of doing what you love because everything that fills up your daily life, like everything that you do daily matters because – your daily life creates all of your life. Like what Mm -hmm. happens daily, Mm -hmm. you know, these little increments become the big picture. And so if you're not happy with the little pieces, then you're going to get to the end of the big picture and not like what you have at all. Well, it kind of comes with everything. You, you, you're not happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not, you're not happy. Yeah. And I mean, I know people that are, yeah, are in the corporate world and they absolutely hate their job and they're miserable. So at the same time, you can be making money, but you're still not happy or you can be like me being a hustler and yeah. <laughs> but how, how long can it end I, or how long can it last? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then unfortunately we live in a world that money makes the world go around. Yeah. So do you feel like there were times in your life where you accepted behavior less than what you deserved because of your body image? Like, did you, do you feel like you... Because even like one of the things you're saying, I'm just like, oh, like you, you, you were talking really negatively to yourself, you know? So like even accepting behavior from your own self, like, right. oh man, like, would you ever talk to a friend the way you talk to yourself kind oh, of no. thing? And so like where, what there was, there's that, but like, it, are there other behaviors maybe from other people or even other things from yourself that you accepted because you, you didn't feel good enough? I don't, I don't think so. I, I know it's. You guys have all these great questions, but I don't <laughs> really go into depth in certain things. I guess I don't think about certain things. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I've had a very good support group, you yeah. know, my family, my parents, my husband. Yeah. It's so just, it was just a thing just internally, just mm-hmm. inside you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Do you feel like... So for me and my body image, I felt like almost like a necklace and like beads, like all of these little beads created my big necklace. And a lot of what I have struggled with with my body looks like a necklace, but it's made up of all of these little moments where I put more energy into hating myself instead of loving myself or... um joining in on negative self-talk with friends or allowing friends' opinions of somebody else's body 
somehow it's like, oh, well, she said that about their body, so that's true for my body. Or, um, like, it's not just body image. Like, it was – it's all of the – it's the connection that I had with my body, the environments that I was giving myself, the the treatment um, that I was – like, do you feel like there's been a switch as far as routine or friends or, like – your everyday life, all of those little beads, what's changed in order for you to be happy and accept the necklace now where before you didn't? I think as you get older, like I've said, as you mature, you just want to surround yourself and you just want to be a different person and you want to try to be that. Not that I wake up in the morning and go, oh, you're so beautiful, you're so great, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be awesome today. But you, I guess I want to try to portray that to everybody else. You, yeah. You know, being mean and, yeah, was I like that growing up? I know there was a point that I was. And as you get older, you realize that's, you know, everyone has a story. Yeah. And we don't know everyone's story. Yeah. I guess to have a little more compassion. Yeah. For everyone and everything. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, perfect, you have to be perfect, but yeah, just put a smile on and go through your day. Yeah. Um, so you, so we talked, so you have children, you have a son and a daughter and, um, is there like, as you have raised her, I mean, I feel like the narrative is changing. I mean, I think we do see different, um, yeah, like different stories. Like, I don't know. Like, now we have people like Lizzo that are just like blowing the place up and yeah. we like can't get enough of her. Do you feel like there are things that you see that you're like, oh, like you wish you could like just get that away from your daughter? Like, oh, you don't need that. You can't, like, I wouldn't want you to see that. Like, do you see those narratives? No. Or do you see, do you Cameron think she gets a different is, story? and I don't know if that's the Scorpio in us because that's what we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're very headstrong. Um, I've kind of raised her like this is it. I mean, she's not afraid to say something. She's not afraid to be who she is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. I think you need to – I mean, especially now, she's 20. But we have been away from her for almost, well, so what, seven months now. So she's grown up, meaning like make your doctor appointments, do this, do that. And you have to use your words. You have to open your mouth. And in, and if you don't, people are going to walk on you. Yeah. So you you have to do that sometimes, you know. Yeah. So, no, I, I've always taught her to, you know, stand up for yourself and and be the person that you need to be. Yeah. So you feel like she maybe has some more confidence or some more self-love than maybe what you had experienced Pop- growing up. I I But see, I... I always had, I don't even know, I mean, self-love and stuff. I mean, did I even know what that was, I guess? Yeah. In high school and stuff like that? Probably not. But Cameron, she's my daughter. She's a a bigger girl. And a lot of her friends were thinner, of course. But, you know, going through dances and stuff like that, you just have to prepare her to wear certain things. But as long as she's happy in her own skin. Yeah. Yeah. You just hate to, you hate to see it. But 
um we're just you know we're there for her I would like her to have weight loss surgery but she's not ready yeah. and she has to be ready yeah. and I don't want to push that on her and I don't ever say that you know you're yeah. big or you're this or you're that but yeah. I know what it felt like mm. Mm. and I think deep down I know what she feels you know what she feels like yeah she's so young yeah do you, like, is this something you guys ever talk about? Or is it kind of like a unspoken? No, sometimes just... we do. Um, you know, hey, Cameron, and I don't, yeah, I don't want to come out because my mom or no one's ever said to me, like, you're fat. Like, you're yeah. really big. And and I don't want to say that to her to, you know, have her have that stigma. Um, but we, you know, we kind of say, hey, are you ready for this? And she's not. The surgery part scares her. Yeah. Which I can understand that. Yeah. But I, as long as she's happy yeah. and as she says she is, but I just know deep down internally what it feels like to be big. Yeah. And I don't think she is 100% happy, but she portrays it again, you know. Yeah. Cameron's bright and mm-hmm. shiny and always smiling. Mm-hmm. Can uh, make a room smile and yeah, she's got a big heart. If you could take, like, a magic wand and, like, boom, change a message so that, like, all of a sudden we're getting a different message in the world, like, what would be the message that you you would change if you had the power? Just be who you are, be confident, but be nice, mm-hmm. have compassion for other people. And again, I always bring up, you never know what anyone's story, you don't know what someone's carrying on their back. Yeah. Because it can be completely different from who they are. Yeah. Do you so? Do you feel like the message that we are getting is kind of more? Um, don't be you. Be more like something else, and it's okay to be judgmental and rude to people. Like, oh, do you no. kind of feel like this is a message that, or not? Um, like, just the unspoken like society's messages. Like, do you feel like those are kind of things we've picked up? Or, because you said, like, you'd want to change it to be you and, like, be kind. I think, I think, again, I think it says maturity. And it depends on, you know, what's that saying is, if you hang with that crowd, you can be, the, like, those people. Oh. Are you, like. Th- oh, like the the five people, like, the your five closest people. Or. Is that what you're meaning? Like, <laughs> birds of a feather flock together kind Something of Something like that. But, yeah, say. Cute. <laughs> but say these people you know, didn't like these people and these people. Well, you're, because you're a part of this group, you're not supposed to like them or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And was I, did I used to be that person? Yes. And did I used to be a judgmental person? Yes. But you have to take a look and realize that's not who you want to be and, and change it. And I think that's, what's important. Yeah. So if you had to describe who you wanted to be, what would that look like? Someone that is successful, that, you know, I, you say money, but I look at myself and I'm 46 and I feel that, yeah, what, what am I doing with my life? And get your education when you're young and, yeah. Would you like to go back to school? I have tried that. Yeah. <laughs> Online. What, what would you study? Online. Uh, just business. Okay. Business management. Yeah. 
my I think it was my mom said that you're like a big proponent of therapy do you she said that like you say like oh my therapist said this I'm like oh well yeah well, I, I do take medication okay. and do you I, go to therapy I used to yes yeah, that's why I was like, High okay, five. we, we got to so, have Aunt Randy on the well, pod and talk about. So what <laughs> happened, um, my sister, my my niece is 20, how old is it? 24, mm-hmm. or she'll be 24. And at this time, maybe she was like 16. And my sister was researching uh, bipolar. Mm-hmm. And she was reading about it. She goes, you have to read this book. She goes, I think we may have it. So we have you have to go to a... Um, um, not a, not the actual therapy. You have to go to a psychologist because mm-hmm. he's the one that, who can diagnose you and, and whatnot. So um, my sister took my niece. She was diagnosed with just like a slight, slight bipolar. And then so I went and he said, no, you're, you're not there. But he, he diagnosed me with compulsive, what is it? Compulsive? Oh my gosh, I can't even think Obsessive about Obsessive compulsive disorder? Yes. That's OCD? Yes. And I'm like, to a T, I would, and I still kind of do that, but I don't, I would bother people. I, I would vacuum the house probably 10 times a day. Um, everything has to be in a place. Everything has to be just right. I wouldn't let kids in the kitchen. And that's what I think about now because Cameron's on her own mm-hmm. and she's actually exploring cooking. And I'm like, gosh, I never let her really in the kitchen because I didn't want it dirty. Mm-hmm. You don't do it the way that I want it to do. Um, I would pull my car into the garage. I would vacuum it. You couldn't, my kids could not touch my windows. You could not, it was just a lot of little things. Yeah. That, that affected and it would affect my family because that's how I was like, mm-hmm. oh, here we go again. Yeah, I would like get, mom's vacuuming again. Yeah. Or I would get just really angry if things weren't just the way they were. Like I always say all my ducks have to be in a row. Mm-hmm. And when my ducks are floating, that makes me crazy. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But I do take medication. Is it and like it helps anxiety? Like you start feeling anxiety, or is it just like it's what just, would you classify it just, that feeling? It feels like almost um. What is that when you're? What is that when you're playing? Uh, when you jump on people from the very bottom. Oh, up? like dog pile. Like dog pile. Yeah. It just feels like that, and it it just Slow. for my brain, it's overwhelming. Yeah. I, I everything has to be in a row. Yeah. Almost claustrophobic is what. Yeah. The feeling I'm Yeah, and then you right do now. start getting the anxiety. And and it would affect my family because they knew touch mom's window, she's gonna have a cow, she's gonna freak out. Mm-hmm. And I would. Mm-hmm. You know, just just some things. Your bedroom, make sure it's clean, make sure it's this, make sure it's that. And yeah. you know, it's it's not nice place to live. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, so I have been taking medication. I did go to that therapist for probably over a year. And then, um, yeah, so I'm all about therapy, definitely. Amazing. I did. And I tell people all the time, if you're feeling a certain way or you're always down or you always cry or who knows, go talk to someone. Talk to someone that you, that doesn't know you. Yeah. That doesn't know Amen. you at all. Let them not even so much judge you, but just let them give you your insight instead of someone that you know telling yeah. you. When you tell someone like, oh, I feel sad, and they love you, then they're like, I'm sorry, I don't want you to be sad. And you're like, yeah. no, that's not helping. Yeah. Like, you Just mean- talk to a complete yeah. person that you don't know. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes like you and your circle, you're so zoomed in on the details, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's hard to look out and see the pattern. Mm-hmm. It's hard to notice the pattern. And so that's one of my... That's one of the biggest reasons why I love therapy so much is because 
you're not going to somebody who has a connection to your life. You're going to somebody who's just seeing the patterns and seeing this overarching and theme. Helping you, saying instead of doing it this way, try it this way or yeah, and yeah. and I do take medication and it does help. Yeah. Amazing. People a lot of people say, "Oh, why do you take, you know, why do you do that?" It's oh, what helps barf. me. And if I don't take it, I know what it does. Yeah. So that's why I take it. Yeah. yeah. So have you what when you got your prescription and you started um was it like a night and day difference of seeing I mean, the difference took, of what it, it took a while but I would say now so instead of obsessing about either vacuuming or the dishes always having to be clean it's it's okay if they sit there mm. is it still in my head yeah but it's not as much not as much to where I'm gonna stay up and do that yeah like you can, I can almost let it go yeah. in the wind it's like yeah. oh it's almost like a passing car I see yeah. it and there it but goes. there are certain things I can't. My mom will, you know, will come and she'll um, do my laundry. Don't fold it. I have a certain way of doing it. Mom, you know, I'm here to help you. I understand that. I appreciate it. But I will redo it. <laughs> I fold my underwear. I fold socks. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I fold wash rags and all this. They have to meet. I will try to put them away, but mentally, I I, I can't. Yeah. yeah. But that's okay. I, I I know that's just how I am. Yeah. Mm. Did that help? Like, did you feel, like, relief or validation? Like, oh, I'm not the only person like this. Or, like, oh, there's a name for that. Like, did it feel kind of freeing to be like, oh, okay, this kind of makes sense now? I remember just kind of like, oh, yeah, that sounds exactly like like me and, and what I do. And it's sad that it's it's affected, you know, like my kids growing up and stuff mm-hmm. like that, certain things. Yeah. It's just, yeah. But – you learn to deal with it and try to change it, and that's just you. Yeah. Um, yeah, certain things, the light switches and stuff like that, it's it's just, it's all in your brain. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very weird. Like, listening to the radio has to be, like, 2, 6, 10, when you get gas. can't just be, like, 1301. You have to go, like, 1305. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you get gas in my car, you have to do the odometer back to zero. What does that mean? I just that way you know how like how far you go. It's just for me that's how it works. Oh, like the the distance yeah. tracker mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you call it? The the odometer. Oh, the odometer. Yeah. No, that's right. <laughs> I didn't yeah. learn anything in school. No. <laughs> but that those little things are like my my craziness. Yeah. Which is it's weird. Yeah. But. Do you feel like maybe there like there were so many things you were trying to control because you fell out of control in your body? Was that like a way to like that you put it that way, but I don't I don't I mean you would think so, but yeah. I don't know. It didn't feel like no. that at the time. And I think trying to control I would say the kids, but just wanting them to, you know, look a certain way or mm-hmm. I would say Cody, you know, going to high school or junior high. Back at junior high it started being the pro club shirts, you know, the all solid color shirts. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, why do you want to be like everybody else? Why can't you wear like what you normally would wear? You you know, you look mm-hmm. nice. When that was a time where I had to give up, you're like, fine. Yeah. This is, you want to be like everybody. Fine, fine be your own yeah. person because yeah. I can't control but, you. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Which is hard with OCD. It's very hard. Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah, that's a challenge. Yeah. But yeah, I'll stay up late. I usually don't sleep much because my brain doesn't sleep. 
uh, you know, I'm thinking of things that I have to do tomorrow or things that, that are just here. How am I going to do it? Yeah. I have to make lists. Yeah. <laughs> lists are very big for me. List maker. Me yeah. too. I have to. I have notebooks for my notebooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same I have to. Yep. here. <laughs> I have to. But that's just what makes me tick. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, with my kids, I think it's kind of sad because I never let them, I guess, maybe experience certain things because mm-hmm. I was so like, yeah, you know, A, a through Z. Yeah. But now they're at the age where they can experience their own stuff. They're on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And then not pick up the same habits that I had. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you didn't like that, do your own thing. Yeah. So. What is your most favorite thing about yourself? Oh, that was my question I was going to ask. What? Yeah. Great minds think alike. As I cringe, I am. I don't. I try to be a good person. I try to be a giving person. I like to see nope, people be nope. happy. What's your most favorite thing about yourself? Is that sad that I don't have one? Oh, you have to have one. You got to have one. <laughs> maybe it's scary to say it out loud. Maybe you'll feel judged if you say it. Or maybe you keep yourself so busy you don't have to think about it. That's probably it. I don't what what would what do you think your daughter would say her most favorite thing about you is <laughs> I really don't know okay i accept your unknowing tell people where they can find 981 designs i do um custom signs just um any kind of sign and that like you want and like cornhole games cornhole boards yeah yes in like actually a making a lot box. of those. Yes. Well, they're, they all come together, and then your bags go inside. They yeah. lock so you can carry it. They are heavy, but they're made really well. Yeah. And They're really pretty. Yeah. I sell a lot beautiful. of them to California, where I used to live, <laughs> uh-huh. because I've realized here in this state is a DIY state. <laughs> so not a lot of people buy your things because they yeah. do it themselves. Yeah. But since moving from where I used to be, that's where mm-hmm. I'm sending a lot of items yeah so on etsy 981 design 981 design and And, then you have an instagram handle with that too yes and then i have a flower business i'm trying to get going oh my gosh your flowers are so gorgeous thank you so in in santa quinn you know i've researched there's only there's about twelve thousand people and it's growing all the time there's only one florist and i'm and i came from a town that had 7500 people and there was like eight of us yeah yeah so i'm like there could be another one. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. But being that I'm not from here and knowing people, yeah. I've just been trying to bump and grind from that way. And so yeah. <laughs> that was such a '90s term. That was the bump and grind. And grind. <laughs> so I'm just trying that way. I, I say like I'm gonna give myself until the end of the year, and then I'll have to get a real job if this doesn't work. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm to hoping. hell with real jobs, number one. Yeah. Randy is an amazing florist. Uh, she did my flowers for my wedding and blew it out of the ballpark. Seriously, yeah. so gorgeous. Thank yeah. So, and yeah, there's think, thank you. lots of weddings going on around here all the time. Yeah. You yeah. hit the market for a florist. So is that? Do you have an Instagram handle or an, a, like a website for that, or is you can just find that nine eighty one design too? Um, nine eighty one design is Etsy. Okay. Allinbloomflorals.com is my okay. 
floral business. Okay. Uh, All in Bloom is Instagram and okay Facebook. Yeah, all give that, her a stuff. follow on Instagram. You. you won't regret. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. I know Thanks it's a for big having ask. me. Yeah. We love you. Love yeah. You. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at itotallyrelatepod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at itotallyrelatepod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.